Hey y'all, this is Confidently Free. Hey, Mr. Cornerstone. And you're listening to another episode of the Becoming, Becoming One Podcast. Podcast. So guys, what we want to do is say, what's up? How y'all doing? We want to make sure that we give a shout out to the faithful listeners. The people who've been rocking with us since day one. People who keep coming back for more. And the people who participate in these conversations that we have. We want to let you know that we appreciate you. We value what you have to say. And we thank you for being a part of our community because we wouldn't be here without you. And we want to say hello to the first time listeners. You didn't have to take time out of your day at this very second to listen to this podcast at this very moment, but you did. And we appreciate you for it. If you didn't know, you can find us on social media at Becoming One Podcast. That's Becoming the Number One Numerical One Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to contact us, you can actually leave us a voice message in our DMs on Instagram. Or if you're streaming this on Anchor, you can leave us a voice voice message there as well. Tongue twister right there. Or if you want to email us, you can email us at becomingonepodcast at gmail.com. That's becomingonepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, no matter where you might be listening or streaming, Please make sure that you rate, you like, you subscribe, you share, and you give us a five-star review. We would appreciate you for it and be ever so grateful. So, now that we've taken care of that, Travis, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I am just getting some stuff organized for the next phase of the test. Y'all might be sick of hearing about the test and whatnot, but yo, this is a, a really big deal. So... I am getting more organized after going through practice tests and studying. The class officially started the end of last week. Now we're in the second week of class and it's going good. But now at the end of this week, we'll be getting into things that I'm shaky (laughs) on. Right. And those are the sections that I don't really expect to do high. Mm -hmm. Like I don't expect to do above average in these areas i don't expect to do average like it's it's not my area of expertise and you don't have to pass every single you know what i mean every single uh topic or whatever you want to call it in order to pass the entire test right so they're all just given a ranking and you just get your numbers that's that's all i'm focusing on is getting my numbers the ones that i need to pass so we're getting into that stuff you have to know a little bit about all of it mm-hmm. so if i just know my little bit mm-hmm. of these sections the basics I'm just, yeah basically. i'm just gonna go with that because it's it's too much to learn a whole new you know section of engineering right now while relearning some other stuff and becoming fluent at everything to the it's just too much mm-hmm. you know so I'm just getting organized for that and then structuring this business in a way that we can flow and scale. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. What about you? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, Aaliyah has been super clingy lately. I want to attribute it to her teething she has a tooth coming in at the top on one side and i think another tooth is breaking through on the other side but i mean for a minute when i stopped nursing it it was you know it was decent and now i feel like we're just going back to what it was like before 
not as bad, but it's still not amazing. And so just knowing. And so, you know, outside of that, just trying to focus on doing what I can on my end to help move the business along, help right. it grow, do all the things. Yeah. I'm like the behind the scenes and Monet is to execute during the, the week. So some people ask us how we kind of get stuff going and that's, that's our process, but we we are still tweaking and building. Mm-hmm. Here. So, yeah, that's just kind of how things have been going. However, this weekend is Valentine's Day. And so even before we jump into the topic, I'm curious because I heard some, I think they were talking about it on the Breakfast Club this morning, but I still would like you to just kind of share your take on it. They were having the conversation about Valentine's Day being for the women. Why is it that it's just for women? Like, what's the why? Where did that even come from? I mean, I don't believe it's just for women. I wanted to ask y'all. I meant if, that mindset, that thinking that it's just for women. Yeah, if y'all listen, what do y'all do? Y'all think that Valentine's Day is just for women or is it for men? But so the, the background of the thinking would be that the man is taking care of everybody. Mm-hmm. So if he's taking care of everybody, like, what what gifts would he get on Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. No, it's his. It would be him to give gifts. But now everybody's working, mm-hmm. right? Like we know, <laughs> like it's 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 not unknown. Like people know that women have the ability to work mm-hmm. and to sustain income and yada yada yada, and it's more equal now. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, like why wouldn't it be for? both people mm-hmm. you know what i mean i do because the valentine's day in itself to me it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. or the holidays really don't like what the holidays themselves like that day it doesn't really matter but because you love somebody you're going to take the opportunity to show them some type of care some type of love some type of like extraness type of thing right, right. so it's like valentine's day is a love holiday uh i love this person so I'm going to do something like it doesn't matter if it's commercial or whatever. You don't have to do the commercial type of right. things. You can make it your own, but do something because you love that person. Mm-hmm. Right. So is the since there should be love going both ways. Right. Why wouldn't the guy be involved in receiving something on Valentine's Day? Here's my thought. I feel like. The generation that like raised us and well, yeah, I'm going to stick with that one. I think they kind of had this perception that it is all about the woman and that it's almost this, this idea of men just kind of don't get. So why expect? Because they're always the givers. They're always the providers. And so there's no expectation for them to receive because they're always taking care of somebody else. And so when it comes to Valentine's Day, I think now when it comes to people expecting to get things, I think that mindset of I'm expecting somebody to get something for me. And if they don't, then I'm going to be really upset. I think that more so stems from where is your security in this relationship? Because now like I'm, and this I feel is like that's a whole different question. Though. Is it? I feel like it is. Because like I I don't expect to get anything on Valentine's Day, but I also feel like Valentine's Day is for both parties. Mm-hmm. 
So I think those are two different. Just to me. Am I going down a rabbit hole? I don't think you're going down a rabbit hole, but I just think that those are two different. I you know, to me, those are two different questions. Mm-hmm. Because what you expect to get versus what you think is like the the perfect scenario, mm-hmm. right? So I don't really, I don't expect anything on Valentine's Day. I don't, but I do think that it's for both people. I don't know. Well, yes, I, I'm gonna make sure I don't digress. I do also agree that it's for both people. I, but I'm also of the school of thought that it's not happy wife, happy life, but it's happy spouse, happy house. And so I feel like and believe that men's happiness and safety and well-being and all these other things are equally as important as the woman in the relationship. But there are still some people from the old school mindset and thinking it's happy wife, happy life. So it's always I'm going to do something for her and not actually expect anything in return, right? so to speak. So some people don't feel like like i remember i was in high school i'll use this for an example and my mom i was the guy i was dating my senior year of high school um it was we were at the store right before valentine's day and my mom was like well are you gonna get him something i said no she was like why i said because if i get him something and he don't get me nothing i'm gonna look stupid i said but if he get me something and i don't get him nothing don't look odd everything looks fine and normal and she laughed but that's literally what it looked like if i don't get anything but i'm bringing him a gift i look dumb and so maybe See, that's, and that's why, why men don't expect nothing <laughs> because that's that's the norm <laughs> That's Noah right there. But see, but the funny thing is, and it, this was just me maybe thinking of who he was as a person, because sure enough, I went to school and everybody's going to the school store, getting balloons and chocolates and teddy bears and junk. And he walked over and was like, oh, you want me to go get you some balloons or something? I said, if that's what you want to do, you go right ahead. And sure enough, and I'm and now me being me because I'm petty. He went, walked away and I looked at my best friend. I said, now watch it's five minutes before the bell ring school store is closed he about to walk over there and they over there pulling the gate down already and of course he came back and was like oh the school store closed i couldn't get you no balloons so i'm walking around all day looking stupid because everybody know we dating and they were like he ain't get you nothing nope that is high school boo but people carry that throughout their adulthood in the way that they think uh, people need to grow up they do that's stupid and and but in that that same thought that's I think that that's why we don't expect nothing because we know that that's how people think. And if you just think of Valentine's Day as cards, teddy bears, and chocolate, then most men don't really care too much about like any if of those you things. if you give them some chocolate, like oh, okay, thanks. You know, it's it's candy, cool. But if you just think of Valentine's Day in terms of that, then of course. For in general, you're, you're, men not we not we're not looking for that. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for you to give us a teddy bear so we can squeeze it and oh, it has a perfume on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not how, that's not how our minds working. But if you're thinking of Valentine's Day as a day where you can show some appreciation, mm-hmm. you can show some type of you know love, you can do something, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. then yes, yeah, for both people. But if you're just thinking of it as the commercial. They gonna raise the price of strawberries, raise the price Which of chocolate. Ridiculous. They better they not. Gonna, you know what I mean? There's gonna be roses and flowers and bouquets everywhere. Blah 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 blah. If that's what Valentine's Day is to you, then yeah, it's just for women. And that's why I was kind of in shifting gears out of this question now, saying earlier how 
it seems like people who put a huge emphasis or or value on whether or not they get something or it's an elaborate day or whatever the case might be I think that really speaks to where their maturity level is and their security level is in the relationship like for me if I only got things on holidays or if you were only like thoughtful about things on holidays or did or spoke you know highly of me and said things to me on holidays it would make me feel some type of way like man he only really nice to me when it's a holiday or something as opposed to you giving me a compliment or doing something nice for me or whatever facts i'm just saying like i'm saying that's that's big facts and for me shoot if you only doing it on holidays i don't don't want want it it. you keep it (laughs) for real keep it so like for me I, i like i don't my feelings aren't hurt i don't get offended if i woke up and i didn't have no chocolates or a teddy bear first of all box chocolates what don't care okay a teddy bear don't need it so kind gestures i love it however if it's just solidified to a specific date on a calendar it's like did you i mean you did something for me but did you really put thought into it yeah and see for where we at you wouldn't be able to you know what i'm saying you can't have the expectation of me no way uh as far as like the the room full of flowers and you know what i mean kind of like that instagram valentine's day where like you walk Cardi in B. Yeah, and there's flowers like just everywhere, mm-hmm. and then there's chocolate everywhere, and then there's a, a 12 foot tall teddy bear. Yo, the way we stuff is set up right now, the way this bank account is set up, oh you goodness. know what I'm saying? We might have to switch some funds over. No, nah, but you, you just can't. It just ain't there for me. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't got it to to be able to to do that. Forget that. If if you tried to do all that, Aaliyah being and ate some of the rose petals, Atara mm-hmm. being knocked down the teddy not, bear. That's not the point though. I'm, what I'm saying is like it's just not there and especially like for me for Valentine's Day I'm making that special not just for like it's Valentine's Day for me as the husband and father in this house mm-hmm. is like teaching and expression expressing teaching TJ how to express teaching Atara and Aaliyah how to accept and expressing to you so it's like a three, four, you know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. lay, a whole lot of layers to it. And to do that, it takes, you know what I'm saying? Funds. Well, when do you, or how do you then show TJ how to, like, how do you walk him through this idea of here, this is how you are giving to someone, but then, because he's a kid. So sometimes he'd be looking to get himself. So yeah, how do you. And he should. We have little conversations too. When okay. we're at the store. I tell them that you should you you should expect something. Mm-hmm. You should. Okay, okay. I see you looking at me. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not just about. It's it's not a one way street, and especially the world that he's grown up in, he can't come into that world thinking that it's about to be a one way street. Right. Of him just giving. Mm-hmm. No, you have to. If 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 you're not being poured into as well. And you need to keep it moving. Right. And that's what I'm going to tell him as he grows up, too. Look, if, if she ain't pouring back into you, keep it moving. That's big facts. So that's where I'm at with it. Okay. Well, I was just curious. So, guys, today um, we're actually going to be having a conversation that has been kind of itching at me lately. Like, I feel like this this topic has been lingering and kind of just been necessary to dive into. So what I would like to kind of discuss today is 
intimacy in relationships, like how to intimately love, uh, I feel as though it has become easier, um, especially between technology and then uh, social media and even with distancing now, it's be- it's become a little bit easier to not be as intimate with individuals more or less because it's easier to to be like isolated a little bit and so when you have relationships with individuals because a lot of times when people talk about intimacy they just isolate it to the sexual um the sexual act the sexual tension the sexual energy and that's not solely what intimacy is intimacy broken down is, is literally into me see like you're seeing into me my innermost parts my thoughts my feelings my emotions my will you know the good the bad the not so pretty you give someone else this opportunity to kind of just peer into your soul essentially and i think when it comes to intimacy we kind of have a skewed view of it as a culture i think because we don't really understand where it is fundamentally as it pertains to how you become intimate with a person and so in my opinion when it comes to relationships romantically i think one of the biggest issues arises in relationships is when the intimacy begins to dwindle because usually that's when the vulnerability is kind of you know lacking or it's when the transparency is lacking and that's when you come into communication issues conversation issues understanding issues etc right and uh just just a little heads up please stick on to the end i have something i didn't tell monet about this but i have something that i kind of want to talk about and it's more so dealing with like black people um in regards to the corporate america especially in black history month in black history month it's something i wanted to kind of just put out there so stick around but yeah back to intimacy uh i think you're 100 percent correct um for me when i look at intimacy it it has nothing to do with sex Mm -hmm. but it shows up within sex Mm -hmm. right so like i could be intimate with a completely different person outside of this marriage Mm -hmm. right and never have sex with this person Mm -hmm. but it's it would be just as if we did have sex like we would be just as connected if i were to step out and have sex with somebody else because i've been intimate or shown these more vulnerable or intimate stages like when people have emotional affairs right yeah you know what i mean like people then they don't even realize it like they don't recognize when they start to disconnect they're going to plug in with somebody else somebody you know what i'm saying and that's how it's a dangerous part to be in so if you're not uh just being connected if you're not connecting with your wife or your husband and you're not making sure that those connections are strong you bringing up your likes your dislikes the all, everything in between if you're not going to them for it yo you're putting it in somebody else mm-hmm. well that's not wrong but you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying you plug it in somewhere so if if you're not talking to them if you're not connecting with them if you're not intimate with them you're going to substitute that intimacy with somebody else and it's interesting that you you made that statement because it made me think of how um oh, i wish i knew the source behind this but we were listening to another podcast a while ago 
and they were talking about like styles of marriage basically there's the back-to-back there's side by side and then there's face to face and as soon as you move from that face to face I feel like that's kind of where you should start to be mindful and say okay we need to kind of get back on track because side by side isn't necessarily dangerous but you are dangerously close to being back to back and when you are back to back the intimacy is almost impossible because you're literally not even facing each other so there's no way you can see into this person or that the person can see into you because you all are back to back you're you're not talking you're not facing each other you're not facing situations together you can't see what's going on with them they can't see what's going on with you and you're literally just dealing with stuff by yourself you're you're seeing stuff that they can't see you're hearing stuff that they can't hear you're literally going about life moving through the motions alone right and i think when it comes to being intimate with somebody face to face is literally like all up in like there's you can see behind me you see me you can hear what i'm hearing we're literally moving in sync almost it's kind of like dancing in front of a mirror (laughs) um so when you're allowing somebody inside of all of the, the the innermost thoughts and the feelings and emotions you're allowing this person to come into or enter into your vulnerable space i think you might need to explain that back to that i'm not versing that back-to-back face-to-face language so um well i don't know all of the intricate details because i remember we were listening to it on a podcast but basically when you're back-to-back that's kind of like if you can imagine two people who are back-to-back they are usually um focused on two separate things because they're not looking at the same thing So in a marriage, and we talk about it all the time about being on the same page, when you're on the same page, if you were reading a book, for example, you're literally looking at the same words, you're following the story as it's unfolding, and your level of understanding and comprehension on what's going on is usually pretty in sync. When you're back to back with someone, you two are having two different observations, you're not facing each other to have conversations, and you're interpreting things at your own leisure so you aren't in sync or on the same page at all when you're having a back-to-back relationship you might be living in the same house might be sleeping in the same bed but you're not communicating and in um jiving and and um in sync like you would be if you were face to face when you're side by side you can kind of see what's going on you might be having conversations you might be talking but you're not gelling as much as you would be if you were face to face face to face is literally like when i'm looking dead straight on at you i can see your face i can see what you're feeling i can see your facial expressions if something is coming up behind you i see it i can point it out i can warn you and the same when you're looking dead at me like you can see everything you see my facial expressions my emotions if we need to talk you're right there you can see what's going on behind me like you're able to point things out whereas i wouldn't be aware of it or notice it if we weren't facing each other or if you weren't looking at me and so that's why when it comes to having an intimate relationship with someone being face to face is ultimately the safest place side by side it's all right but it to me that's too close to being back to back and i think when the intimacy starts to dwindle down when the vulnerability starts to die down when the transparency starts to go away that is when people kind of slip into 
a back-to-back, not talking, not being open, not being honest, not letting you all the way in point in their relationship. And I think it happens so I don't even want to say it happens quick. It, it progressively happens. It's like a cavity that, that grows over time. Like, uh, it's, it, it's bothering me, but it's not bothering me enough to do something about it. And so once the pain becomes so severe, now significant action must significant, significant action must, must take place. And that's usually when people start heading towards divorce, because it's like, you let this build and build and build because it wasn't really that big of a deal quote unquote in the beginning and now we've gotten to this place where we're not talking we're not communicating i don't want to share my thoughts with you i don't trust you with my feelings i don't trust you with me you know sharing this raw dark spot in my heart i don't trust you with that and so when you get there the intimacy is gone right in romantic relationships anyway and so i think it's easy for people to just kind of chalk it up and say, well, you know, they, they kind of like to blame marriage or blame failed relationships. Like, well, marriage isn't for everyone or, you know, this is just something that happens when you have to be intentional about intimacy you have to be intentional about transparency and you have to be intentional about vulnerability. And I think a lot of times, like we talked about it on our live, people are afraid to be vulnerable because it's like, I'm opening myself up to be hurt. Yeah. And you can kind of get to a place where you don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you if you kind of turned away from your partner, like in this case, you're talking about the face-to-face. If you've turned away from your partner, it can get hard to turn back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you said. Anyway, oh, my goodness. It, it could be hard to turn back to them because it's like, all right, we have, to, we have to kind of go through this dance again. We have to... You know, it may end up like it was last time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, honestly... If you ever get to that spot, you might need a little help. And what we've done here is created an ebook where you can get that help. So the ebook is called The Three Steps to Transforming Your Relationship. And what it is is a guided conversation that allows you to build that foundation that you need in order to develop that intimacy back within your relationship. So getting two people on the same page and allowing them to turn from whichever direction they're in back to face to face it allows them to have the needed conversations in order to develop the strong relationship that they always wanted and i think what's awesome about the ebook is it allows you to have a documented um journey basically this helps you kind of be accountable to one another Instead of just he said, she said, well, the last time we were talking, well, we don't have to do all of that because with this e-workbook, you can go in and do stuff. And it's like a living document, so to speak. And so I think that that's dope. But um, when it comes to uh, romantic relationships, I just think a lot of times in our society, because people related to, to sexual relationships and, you know, um, being intimate with someone on that level, intimacy kind of gets skewed and we don't really have those normalized regular conversations about why it's important to allow people in and, and how difficult but necessary it is to be vulnerable. And so even with that, I think people misconstrue the need for intimacy, even in friendships, or they misconstrue the need for intimacy um, amongst, you know, even even family members, because there are some people who 
you know, they talk about relationship goals, friendship goals, whatever, but most of their relationships are very surface. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from like we we live in obviously me and you, we live in America, mm-hmm. more specifically Charlotte. Uh I grew up in Kalamazoo, you grew up in Romulus, but a lot of that is cultural, mm-hmm. right? So like coming up for me when we went to some of the uh male I don't I don't even know if they men's conferences is what they called them. When we went to some of the men's conferences, they would talk about sex in you know within the church but they wouldn't talk about it like intricately mm-hmm. and then that was like what you learned about relationships mm. but you didn't really learn much about the leadership aspect of it you learned they talked about men like manhood um you know what i mean as far as they saw it but it was it was never a you know this is how you lead a family well and allowing them to know you it was like okay you have to stand up you have to be this pillar you have to work yada 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 yada. so when we're talking about intimacy as from the man side uh, men haven't been taught how to be intimate they've and most men think that intimacy is sex mm-hmm. and some women think that intimacy is sex so when it comes to when you say intimacy a lot of us will think of the uh, or a lot of men will think, okay, well, I have been intimate with my wife or I am being intimate with my wife, but sex in that manner could just be seen as physical. Cause after you get done, I do you, how much more do you know about that person? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you, you learn anything? Well, you, you, and you could, you could feel more connected or you should feel more connected. You should learn something about them. Uh, and those are all things that should happen, right? But the actual intimacy isn't the act of sex, but the actions of getting to know this person. Mm-hmm. Like, do and do I have the ability to see within you, right? Like, I know what your decisions will be in real time mm-hmm. because I've been intimate with you. I know who you are. Like, I've studied you. Right. And am I allowing myself to be intimate and allowing people or more specifically my spouse to see who I am? Like that stuff has not been taught to, I would say, about 80 percent, probably 90 percent of men. And it's interesting that you and this is not me bashing the church, but it's interesting that you brought up the church, because whenever you hear you only hear intimacy in two different situations, usually in the church. It's when they're talking about sex and then they talk about, you know, being into having an intimate relationship with God. And it's interesting that they would always bring up this having an intimate relationship with God. And they would explain that they would explain that that intimacy was like this closeness or this openness. But you never heard anybody talking about having an open or close relationship with the people around them with other individuals well we did at stone's church but most churches yeah the church in general specifically like you know i grew up baptist so specifically in the baptist church you didn't really hear the you know this is how you be intimate with a family like maybe you could assume Mm -hmm. because you know they it's constantly preached like jesus is the example so maybe you could assume assume that that's the case but in the same breath 
you're like, well, how? You right, know what I'm like, right. How do it's I, the how. How do I do that? How do I break away from thinking that I'm, especially as a man, how do I break away from thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm going to work, I'm making money, I'm taking care of stuff, I'm paying the bills on time. You know, what, what, you really have to break away from that mindset mm-hmm. in order to be intimate with a, uh, a person, whether that's relational or uh, romantic. You have to break away from that mindset because you can make it mechanical mm-hmm. when you think of it in that manner. It's like, right. oh no, I went to work, I'm paying the bills, I'm taking care of everybody, I'm taking care of the kids. Okay, I get sex now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> there's more to the relationship than that. Mm-hmm. There's more to intimacy than that. Like, who are you? Do will your kids will your kids know? I feel like I'm slurring my words a lot. I, I don't know what's going on in my mouth. Will your kids know? Who you are when you pass? Will your wife even know who you really are when you pass? You know what I mean? Is everything just going to be a show? Or you think that you have to put on face Mm -hmm. for certain areas? You have to put on face for your kids. You have to be the father figure. You have to be the husband, you know, whatever you want to call it. Are you going to put on face for everybody? Or are are these individuals going to know who you are? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the true intimacy portion of it. Now, it does show up in sex because there's nothing more intimate than the act of sex. Mm-hmm. Like, you're literally connected. And depending on what you... Be- I don't know what y'all believe, wh- whoever's listening to this, uh, but we we believe that that is literally a physical and spiritual connection. You know, that's a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a covenant mm-hmm. between two people. And that's something that's not... It's not just an act that you do and you get up. Like you are you are spiritually connected yeah. from that. And I think it's difficult because when we talk about being connected to someone and we talk about how it's not just, you know, behaviors, it's not conversation that happens a lot in terms of helping people to really understand how to let someone see you for real. How to let somebody truly see you outside of your role, outside of your title, outside of who you might be to them. Because like when you think about children, when it comes to being a parent, I think what might keep some people from, you know, having a more intimate relationship with their children and being a little bit more open, a little bit more honest, letting them see, you know, who they are as a person is feeling as though they may ruin or lose something when they remove the the veil of being you know dad or mom and just be a person for a moment even if for a moment like a lot of people um will talk about how you know black women have to be strong and they have to be this and they have to be that for their kids but it's like at the end of the day they have emotions too and like some people don't like to let them see them let their kids see them cry but what what is the harm in that what is the problem with that why has that become something that's been so taboo as to say i'm a parent so now i don't have any feelings and i can't let my kids see me quote unquote weak well i don't think that that's necessarily the thought behind it but i believe that the reason behind that specifically is like you don't know what that's going to do to the child like that could put the child in okay I need to take care of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it takes them out of childhood mode mm-hmm. and more into I need to take care of things because 
they're not in the place to. What do you mean take care of things? So, like, when... I hope they're okay with me, sure. I think they will be. I'm not going to share that part. So, in an example, if if a child saw... I'm, I'm just making this TJ up. has seen me cry before. So, if a child saw the... Like, when TJ saw you cry, mm-hmm. right? When he saw you cry, he probably went into, oh, I need to, you know, or he maybe he would go into, oh, I, you know, mom's crying, I need to pat her on the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even when, when you were down, when everything happened with your, your dad's brother, mm-hmm. when you started crying, he looked up from your game, from his game. Mm-hmm. That he was playing, he looked at yeah, you. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and then he looked at me. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Okay," and that you might not have understood. But I understood the look. Am I supposed to do something? Are, no, it's are we supposed to do something? What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. That's what he asked me when he looked at me. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, just waved, waved him off, just relaxed type mm-hmm. of thing. But that's just unspoken communication. Um, but in that moment, he was like, "Okay, we need to take care of mom." And it took him out of the childhood mode. So some people are afraid of that uh, happening because especially if it's like depression that could last for weeks, mm-hmm. you, we don't know what that'll do to a child. Oh, it, see, I wasn't talking might, about extremes like that. I'm just like saying, but I've, that's, I'm just saying that that's what the, the thought behind it is. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, that's the thought behind it is you just want the children to remain children. And if they think they have to take care of you, and they're no longer a child. And see, I understand why somebody would look at it from that perspective. I just recall having grown up and not seeing much of an emotional range, I'll say, in the adults in my life. And so it was just really weird for me having become an adult to express more feelings besides happiness with other people or let other people see me having, you know, other emotions going on outside of happiness and and maybe frustration because I didn't see it expressed often. And so when it came to me having close relationships with people, I didn't understand how to even navigate when they were having strong emotions simply because it wasn't something that I saw. It wasn't something that I was ever really up close to. And so it made it difficult for me personally, I think, to navigate those more intimate relationships as I came into adulthood because it wasn't something I was ever able to, I think, really get into with the adults in my life as a kid. But I personally, personally, don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it's something that's going to taint or harm in any type of way. Because if TJ saw, you know, one of his friends at school upset, he would go over and do something. That's just how he is and who he is. And so in my mind, I would just want to have it normalized to show that, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a mom, but I'm also a person. Like I get sad too. I am excited sometimes too. I'm not just always this, this monotone, which I'm clearly not monotone, but I'm not just always, you know, I don't ever feel anything besides this and that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I don't think that it's a bad thing for it, it to be seen. I think it needs to be seen, um, but it just has. We just have to make sure they show the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just show you crying and then next thing you know you're you're over it. Oh no, I'm happy again. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be. If you're gonna show you crying, 
the the growth out of that needs to be talked about too. Right. It I can't agree. just be happiness, happy, mm-hmm. sad, depressed, back to happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's that in between that needs to be talked about. Yeah. But that's the actual part of intimacy, you know, that goes within a family or even in a relationship is being able to express all of these things to somebody. Now, it can be hard, but it has to be done Mm -hmm. because intimacy is literally the foundation of a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. If you don't have intimacy, if you don't have that understanding of each other, it's more like a business partnership than an actual relationship. Mm -hmm. So the first step to building intimacy, the first thing that you need to do is call it out. Like if it isn't there, then you have to call it out, like literally put it on the table. Like, hey, uh, I think that we need to work on this or we need to build this. And if they don't understand what building intimacy means, then try to explain it. Like explain how you want to know them more, know them on a more intimate level or use a different word. Deeper. No, yeah, know them on a deeper level. Uh, because you don't have to, they don't have to understand the specific term right away for you to start building intimacy. Right. What's important is that you start to get to know yourself, get to know each other, yourself included, but each other on a deeper level or a more intimate level. If saying intimacy makes specifically talking to women dealing with husbands, if (laughs) saying intimacy makes him uncomfortable, then just say deeper. You'll get the same result that you're looking for. And he will be more open to having the conversation. So just say deeper. It's it's the little fixes like that that will get you exactly what you want. It doesn't have to be exactly how you want it, but you'll get exactly what you want. So that first step would be to call it out and put it on the table like you. this is something that we need to work on. And then the second step is ongoing. That's literally it. It's ongoing conversation. And it's all the time because you're going to change over time. The person you are today isn't going to be the person that you are in a year. I was looking at some of my old notes in my phone. I'm like, man, if this guy knew who he was becoming, even one of my notes, it said, that I'm liking who I'm becoming. You know what I'm saying? I said, I like who I'm becoming, the person who can, uh, and I don't remember it verbatim, but it was like, take care of business. He can, you know, reach his goals, yada, 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 yada. Um, But just looking back on that, it's like, I'm a lot different now than I am then. And you're gonna be a lot different in a year from now, two years from now, than you are today. Especially if you're listening and, you know, you're living life with us because you're probably a person that likes to grow and develop who you are, grow in your relationship, your marriage, your, you know, your fatherhood journey, your motherhood journey, uh, your careers, all that. So if your life is constantly growing and changing, you're not going to be the same person. So you're not going to like the same things. You're not going to not like the same things. So you need to always have this conversation through all these, you know, stages of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's just ongoing. And it has to be. 
because if not like like intimacy isn't something you do one time and then it's like okay boom we're good like the whole concept of being in an intimate relationship with somebody is to get to know them more is to get to know them better and so yeah anytime anybody is growing and changing there's going to be something new to learn like i'm learning stuff about myself I've learned stuff about myself within the past year that I had absolutely no idea. So I can't expect or anticipate for, you know, you to know something that I wouldn't have myself known like three years ago. It's an ongoing process, like you said. So before we go, Travis, you had something you said you wanted to share? Yeah. So and this is a this is a question and just like putting it out there. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for black people, but it is dealing with black people. Um, so it doesn't, I don't care if you're white, black, orange, brown, green, whatever. Uh, I really want you to kind of weigh in on this. Um, so dealing with corporate, specifically corporate America, uh, I work in the engineering field and everything that goes in between that. So planning, engineering, uh, the sciences, maintenance that type of thing construction so within that field there's not many black people and when we see each other it's always a oh there's there's uh, there's another black person here like you become friends (laughs) more or less (laughs) right and it's it's not a it's not like an intentional thing but it just happens and my first question is do y'all notice that like do, do people notice when black people are in these environments and then next thing you know they clicked are up. clicked up and do you ever think or wonder why um so and that's not the basis of what I'm talking about but here here's here's what I wanted to talk about is that because we don't see a lot of each other in these spaces Right. And we're the, the reason why we kind of click up like that is because when we see somebody like that, it makes us comfortable. So we're more comfortable and we we don't have like the the, the fears that might come along with uh, dealing with people of other races because you don't know what they truly believe about you. Mm-hmm. And we're not blind to what's happening in the world. So because we don't know what they truly believe about you, we can be very cautious in going out and developing these relationships with other people in the workplace. So with corporate America and black people, my my question and my kind of wonder is, do y'all really notice how black people kind of group up when it comes to like working in that environment. If you work in corporate America, you obviously know there's not many black people there. But from my experience in that setting, and it's very blatant to me and all the other black people that I know that work in corporate America. But like when I see somebody, they could be across the building, down the hall, whatever. As soon as you see somebody that looks like black, or brown, you, your head kind of pops up through everybody else. And then it's it's almost, it's not like magic, but it's almost like a, a moment where they're looking and you they look to see if they you see them. And you know what I mean? It's like, y'all just kind of 
connect and next thing you know y'all do like a head nod and even if y'all don't connect in that moment y'all gonna it's gonna be like okay i'm gonna look for this guy or a girl and i'm gonna find them because we have to be cool i literally have had people rush to my desk when i was working at um I was working at the Department of Human Services and um, in this particular county there before I got hired on the in the floor I was working on um, in the department I was working on there were two black people two so when I got there they literally ran to my desk like I was sitting there with my headphones on turned around looked up and they were like standing in the, in the walkway of my cubicle and I took my headphones on they were like we just want to come over here and say hey because you know and then they like rub they the, the top of their hand it ain't too many of us in here and yeah. it's just like oh my goodness they was like we just want to come say hi that was it right but i i wonder if people notice the uncomfortability you know that's that's my real question is do you notice any uncomfortability within those settings because it's not blatant but if you know what to look for it is or even if you're a supervisor or manager if you're inviting people out, uh, let's say to just to hang out or whatever, like I've been invited to onto boats and things of that nature, but I was uncomfortable going on the boat simply because I don't know what you believe outside of this work environment. Mm -hmm. So if you're inviting me onto a boat with your friends and I don't know anybody on there, but I, I do know what goes on in the world, right? Now I'm thinking to myself, well, what? what will happen if mm -hmm. I go out on this boat and we get out on the ocean and you're with, you know, two or three of your other friends and it's just me mm -hmm. and y'all turn out to be, right. you know what I'm saying? Somebody that uh, ain't has up to no these, good. Yeah. They, they do nefarious acts in their spare time. Nefarious acts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So do y'all notice or do people notice that uncomfortability within that work environment and it's a real question it's something that i want to ask people like face to face mm -hmm. but it's not something that is like brought up at a water cooler or anything like that if that makes sense it makes sense you know so i would think that people notice but if y'all do I re i'm really interested in what you have to say right for if you're for it against it if you don't believe it or whatever just whatever you have to say just let me know so y'all we're gonna wrap this up and uh do what we do because once again this is confidently free and mr cornerstone and you just listened to another episode of the becoming, becoming one, one podcast. podcast all right y'all be easy